Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Golf Show, where we discuss all things golf psychology to help avid golfers improve their game. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. I am a golf psychology coach, and I've been playing competitive amateur golf for over 20 years. And on today's episode, we've got some very special guests. We have Mike and Eli from the Chasing Scratch podcast. For the three people that haven't heard of or listened to Chasing Scratch, Mike and Eli started this journey back in 2018 at 11 handicaps, and we're trying to get to scratch in a year. That was their original goal. I won't spoil anything for you, but it's been six years since then, and they're still doing the podcast, so I'll let you deduce whether or not they've made it to scratch. But what's most fascinating about Mike and Eli's journey is how much they have changed their games, and specifically how much they've changed their minds, their mental games, their psychology across the last six years. They've been working closely with Dr. Jason Novetsky, who, if you remember, was uh, on the Mental Golf Show uh, back in 2023. It was a really, really good conversation with him. And in working with Dr. J, they have learned that the way they were going about it early on and the way a lot of us go about improvement wasn't as productive as it could be. So on this episode, we start off talking more about them personally. They get into what it's like being guys who run a podcast and get a ton of attention and how their relationship with that attention might reveal something deeper about them. And I I liked uh, how we talked about this because it's a side of Mike and Eli that maybe we don't ever really get to hear. We certainly don't get to hear much about it on their actual podcast, uh, some of the some of the things and the ways we talk about it. So uh, it was really, really interesting uh, beginning to this episode. Uh, I also did some research, if you want to call it that, and I listened to the first handful of episodes of season one of Chasing Scratch. Uh, back from you know 2018, so we talk about the contrast between their mental games then versus now, and we discuss uh, mental fragility, negative thoughts, handling pressure, the worst and best case scenarios of their competitive golf they're playing or planning to play in 2024, the difference between nerves and anxiety, a better competitive mentality, balancing working on physical and mental game, And of course, you know, we have to have the obligatory team bear versus team shark conversation at the end, but it has a little bit different spin on it. So uh, hang around to the end to, to get that one. But before we get into this episode, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, the Divot Board. The Divot Board is the game changing golf training aid designed to elevate your swing and revolutionize your game. I own a divot board. I personally have one. It's easily one of my favorite training aids that I've ever used. And I'm very picky for my training aids. I don't have many. I think I have, honestly, I think I have one other one. It's the, it's that eye line, uh, thing for putting. That's the only other training aid I have. Um, eye line, if you want to, uh, uh, sponsor the mental golf show, you're welcome, but I'm really, really picky with my training aids. So I believe that's saying a lot. And the Divot Board has patented technology that offers instant feedback, both at home and on the range. So with every swing, you gain valuable insights into the crucial point of impact, as well as your swing path, enabling to make uh, enabling you to make real-time adjustments. And on a neurological level, which is something you know I uh, am very fond of talking about, making errors is extremely important. 
because your brain takes that feedback and makes instant corrections to help you adapt your motion to the motion that you want. And the instant error feedback of the divot board has got to be one of the best tools ever made for this. And you can use this whether you have a golf ball or not. Uh, I use it personally in my backyard. I hit foam golf balls into a bed sheet. Maybe you've seen me uh, on X doing this. Um, it's, it's my favorite way to spend my lunch breaks. I can imagine a scenario where maybe you don't even have a golf ball and you just spend five minutes getting a high quantity of swings and therefore tons of error feedback. The divot board would be perfect for that. So no matter where you are or what your skill level is, this training aid will undoubtedly help you build the confidence and skill you need to excel on the course. And you can get a divot board at a 10% discount by going to divotboard.com slash mental golf show and use the discount code mentalgolf10 at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. And I'll have the, the link uh, to check that out in the show notes of this episode. So many thanks to Divot Board for partnering with the Mental Golf Show. All right, let's get into this conversation with Mike and Eli of the Chasing Scratch podcast. I really, really hope you enjoy. Mike, how's your wrist? Wrist is good. Um, uh, I can, I've, I've, I've played or I've, uh, practiced on it for the last two weeks and, uh, no pain. I, I've got a little brace, like a yeah. brace that just kind of like it puts the pressure right here. So it doesn't let, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that it works. So, um, I mean, it's, it's still not all the way back. Like I can't, I can't do like a push up yet and that kind of stuff, but I can hit balls. So that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is all that matters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eli, how's uh stack and swing speed coming? You know what? We haven't, we haven't put this out there yet, but the stack is, although, although I went like a last week, I did not use it because my life is consumed with bat. We have basketball. I didn't tell you this, Mike, we have 14, no 15 basketball games this week. Um, 15, 15, um, <laughs> 15 basketball games. So, that's yeah that's an accurate number so i wasn't able to do it last week because my life just ended but the stack <laughs> man it's i hit a speed i hit 118 uh hitting driver the other day i've never come close to that so i'm pretty i'm pretty fired up but the the app keeps it's like our workouts are completely different the yeah. workout i'm doing is completely different than what i did the first time so it's it's pretty impressive dang what yeah. were you what was your driver swing speed at like Season one. I don't remember season one when we got, when we actually went and got like the first time we looked at it, I remember I was around like one Oh seven, one Oh eight, maybe. Yeah. Is that right? Huge. I think, I think you could top out. You I think I'd to top, to top out like, out one, like 111. Yeah. If I really swung out of my shoes, but, but I had dropped down to like one Oh five, one Oh six before we started stack. And so I'm, I, I, I can cruise pretty Cause we're old. Cause we're whole, yeah. yeah, I can cruise older. pretty comfortably now at like one, at like one 14, one 15. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's, it's legit, man. I noticed that. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't have any context of you before, uh, last fall at the Velcron, but I mean, it was like, oh, he's a long hitter. That was my, that was kind of like my first, uh, reaction. You like, to he's you long and really not in much control. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that was uh, to your point, and Mike said this too. You guys were like exhausted. Uh, it wasn't a fair assessment of your golf game that day. Yeah, we kind of actually we kind of crumble a little bit the last three years after that, after the final major. But but that's okay. It's still like I but but I've hit. It's funny the I'm I'm curious to see because I'm the speed gains have been pretty substantial quickly this year. Mm. But it's it's so much speed. I'm having a hard time finding the center of the face. <laughs> it's um, too fast. Like well, for me, like it's just yeah. too. I'm like, it's too much, too quick. I'm yeah. like, I don't, I can't find the well, face. Sure. Um. So, anyway, yeah. we'll we'll work through it. I'm not yeah. worried. Yeah. Get fast and then reel it back in for yeah. control. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, how do you guys describe? what you do to people. I mean, do you, uh, is it awkward or weird or, uh, <laughs> confusing or I don't know what in, in the podcasting, golfing, chasing scratch realm, how do you describe to people what you do like at a party or something? Oh man. In as few words as possible. <laughs> you eject from the conversation as quickly <laughs> as possible. Without using the word scratch in any way. possible. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I used to, that, that was a, that was a big struggle. And actually we talked about that. I don't remember where we talked about that, Eli. I think it was maybe on the Patreon show where I was like, I need a go-to phrase when I'm not looking for a long conversation. Because when you say, like, if I say what I'm do doing, it will initiate, I mean, if anyone is halfway interested, they're going to ask a lot of questions mm. because it does it it's just really weird so um but that used to bot that used to i don't know why i mean you know that might just be just because i was i mean i wrote about that a little bit on when with the golfer journal that yeah. I, I, it was it was kind of like the name of the podcast was almost intimidating a little bit um because it sounded fearless but it's it's i wasn't um so the past, I'd say the past couple of years, it's been, or, or the past, since last year, it's been easier for me just to just lean in, kind of like what you say, lean into it and just say, yeah, this is what I do. Um, I do this podcast. Never thought I would be doing a podcast for a living, but that's mm -hmm. what I do. And here's what it's about. And yeah. And then just, you know, it's, it, it's never, it's never that bad. I don't know why, I don't know why I, that was, that was like something that I was like, I didn't want to get into. Yeah. Um, but but Eli, Eli still has like a real job, right? Yeah, I, I, I my telling people what I do is really easy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What is your work? So I own Finance. a wealth. I own a wealth management business. What'd you say? Well, so, so I think I think the other reason is like before when I had when I had a bank job, I would still always try to be as super like I didn't really want to talk about what I did. So I'd just be like, oh, what what are you doing? I, I finance. Yeah, I, I do finance, and then, yeah. and then I, and then you know, if someone pushed, I would try to explain it in just as few words as possible. But, um, but there's no, there's no way to just be like podcast. Oh, what's what podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like this. Oh, what's that about? And then yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to go all the way into it. So, yeah. um, but that's cool. I'm I'm good with it now. Yeah, yeah, uh, Eli. What when when it comes up, or does it ever come up? The golf podcasting chasing scratch. Does that? just naturally come up ever uh yeah it does um my, well mostly because my business partner brings it up constantly to people <laughs> um but i have i have had it's funny like 
and I, I don't, it's, it's always crazy to Mike and I, whenever anybody knows about the show, like it never gets old. Um, it's always like, what? Um, yeah. but like, it was funny. I had a meeting with a prospective client. I don't know if I told you this, Mike, probably like two months ago, three months ago. And I'm meeting with this guy and he's like looking at me for a minute and he goes, you, do you have a podcast? <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> it's just natural intro like, to somebody. I, well, yeah, he's like, I didn't look at your last name. I, I know I knew your first name coming in to the meeting. He was like, but your voice sounds really familiar. Do you have a podcast? And I was like, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, it, it, I mean, it comes up a little bit, but not a ton, but I, I don't, I think, and, and we're probably way into more of how the sausage is made, but Mike and I just kept this. We just, we were so wired the first couple seasons of the show to keep it quiet and not tell anybody about it. I think there's still so much muscle memory. It's, it's like instinctive. When somebody asks me what I do, I never talk about the show. I I think that's a great point because that, and it, it was, it was hard to shed that because it was like, yeah. And again, it wasn't like we were doing anything wrong. We were just trying to keep the world separate. Yep. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want everyone at, at my job to be like listening to the podcast. And mm -hmm. and so but I just never talked about it. So that just became kind of what we did. But it is it is it, it never gets normal when someone comes up to us. It's like I was at Target shopping with my daughter for Christmas and a guy comes up, he's like, Love the show. I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> what show? I don't do that. <laughs> I don't hear you. No, I mean, it, was, it was it was awesome. That's was crazy. Awesome. But, I, but I, I texted Eli. I was like, I'm in Target, and some dude just came up and said he loves the show. Like, anyway. and, and videos. Vid I think videos changed that so much because, of course, you know, yeah, because the first three se first three seasons we didn't do any video. Yeah, we didn't have our, our faces weren't out there. Like nothing was out there. So, you know, once once video got out, it it you know it definitely change things you know a bit so so the the like i don't want to talk about it and the reason why i asked this how do you describe and because i got the sense of the we don't really like talking about it and and i wondered if there was something underneath that uh and it it sounds like there may be more used to be more so than there was than there is now but if there's still uh like um i don't like talking about it because I mean, it might just be like a personality. I don't, I don't like attention. That's me. I just don't want attention ever. But the like a leaning out, ejecting kind of thing, as opposed to no, this is what I'm going for. And I guess then that leads into the actual getting better as a golfer part of it, not the podcast, not the entertainment part of it, but the no, I'm like not a pro golfer, but like I'm a golfer who does this as a like part of my life to get better at golf. Is that something you guys shy away from talking about or still or not as much? I, I, I would say not as much, but it's been very recent because yeah. it was, it was, it was a lot of the, that was a lot of the kind of self discovery or whatever you want to call it that we kind of went through last year where it was kind of like, man, I, I, I have an issue here. Like I, I'm insecure about wanting to say that I'm doing this and 
kind of realizing that was pretty freeing for for both of us i think uh, i know it was for me um but yeah and i, I think some of it is is a little bit you know like i i don't i don't want a lot of attention or i don't want to i i maybe always try to be the one that's asking the questions and not the one talking but but also i think there was definitely and and just like with you um when we were talking you know at the end of the season last year or when we went when we went to play and you know you went up to the up to, mm-hmm. up to the best player at the club and you're like oh Scott. you know him and i was like no i don't i don't yeah. know. I, right. I, I i don't talk to anybody because <laughs> i think i think there's uh not not that i don't talk to anybody but like i don't tell everybody what what i'm doing and i think that's just because I mean, a little bit just like I just want to maybe there's just like a fit in kind of thing. Like, I just want to be like, just just I'm just a normal guy just just doing this. But also, I I think it's also maybe just you don't want to set that expectation like, oh, I'm going to go play with this guy. Oh, this guy, he's really trying. And uh, and then what if I have a horrible day? Like what? Like, yeah. And then, you know, what is that person going to think of me and all that stuff? So who are you to have a podcast about you trying to be a good golfer? That kind exactly. Of guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, imposter, imposter syndrome, all that kind of stuff. So sure. I would say, um, I would say there's, there's the awareness. There's definitely the awareness that that's there, which I'm not sure we were aware of before. Um, and I think this year is the test of how, how much we can lean in and, not worry about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I, I, I think I'm on a little different, not, not totally different, but I don't talk, I don't like talking about it just because I th- there, there's definitely a part where like, I want to be able to go to the range at my club and practice and not feel like, not that anybody's doing that and cares, you know, at all, but you feel like everybody's looking at you going, Oh, that's the guy that's trying to get to zero. Like there's definitely some of that, but also just as a character trait, I like, and I think it's one of the reasons we haven't talked about this. It's not like we've had a conversation about this with Mike and I, but I think one of the reasons our friendship is so strong is there's a certain degree of humility at the bottom of it where I don't want to, I don't want to ever like one of the most cringeworthy things on the planet to me would be if people thought this show had changed us. Like it's probably the thing I would be most afraid of at at the top of the chart would be if anybody thought we were like the show had changed us or, or all we talk about is the show or we think we're better. Like there's there's a certain point there where I'm like, man, if anybody wants to talk about the show, I'm down to talk about it whenever you want. But like, I'm not going to bring it up and yeah. I'm not <clears> going to come. Like I, I had a guy this weekend at, at at my club, I was at the simulator and I had a little wide golf disc down and a little thing. Larry had had, it's like a little contraption he had made to go in for a drill. We were doing Mike and I were both doing the drill now. And I had it down in my, in my little simulator bay. And I was going through my, you know, my lessons, you know, stuff that I was working through. And this guy at the club came over and was like, man, what is that? Like, you know, he just started asking questions. Like, what are you working on? Like, what's that drill? And, he just started talking and, you know, he's sharing things about swing speed and training tools. And I was like, I want to tell this guy, we have coupon codes for all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, <right. laughs> like, don't go like, use Make some money. Yeah. Like save some money, you know, like, 
but I was like, I don't want to tell this guy I have a golf mm. podcast, but I thought if he ever finds out, he's going to think I'm just trying to sell him all this stuff. So <laughs> like 10 minutes in the conversation, I finally said, all right. So I don't, I don't like, I said, I don't mean this in any weird way. I said, I have this little golf podcast I'm a part of. And I said, you know, all this stuff, like if you're going to go buy these two things that we talked about, cause he was like, I'm going to go buy them. I was like, I can give you a code where you can at least, you know, you can get a discount and it'll be, you know, make it cheaper than it, you know, paying full price. And he was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're the golf, you're the golf podcast guy. And I went, what do you mean? I was like, what do you mean? I'm the golf podcast guy. Cause I don't tell anybody at our, you know, at the club about anything. And he was like, you're, you're the golf podcast guy. He's like, I I've uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, coach here, he's, he's told me about you. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and uh, I was like, freaking a, but, uh, but anyway, I just think there's a, there's a certain component too. just, I don't want anybody to think that we're, this is just what we talk about all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if yeah. that makes sense, but it does. It does. Oh, I, yeah. And I, the, and again, and we could completely destroy this horse, this dead horse. But, uh, the reason why I ask is like, the why you don't but it's not it's not i don't get that it's like if i tell people they will extra judge me for how good of a golfer i am currently that's you you guys have probably come to terms with that and moved on from that because it's been years of exposure to people i mean i would be i, I don't talk about my own golf game very much on the podcast but if my podcast was entirely dedicated to how good I was as a golfer, I would start to maybe feel a little bit insecure about how good I was. And I would feel pressure to uh, practice more and guilty if I'm not practicing more. And if I'm getting worse, I feel guilty. And, you know, I, I absolutely would understand that, but it sounds like we've just been dealing with it forever and we're not changing because you're solid and you're secure in who you are. I don't know. No, I would not go that far. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say it. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, not completely that. gone. It's not, okay. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not completely it's, gone. It's there. It's, it's a lot better think, than it was. Yeah. But, but I, I again, I, I would, I look at this year as a test because we're, because there's, there's a few things that we, we have not done because of, you know, I mean, I, I, I think there's some legitimate just personality traits like Eli was saying, like that we're, we're not probably not going to change that part of us. But then there's other things where it's like, no, that's holding you back. That's holding mm -hmm. you back from getting better because you're afraid to to say that you want that or afraid to to go talk to that person or afraid to get in that competition or you know there's the, 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 there's stuff there's stuff there I think. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is um the, like you guys have said this is kind of the lean in to the uncomfortability uh Right. <laughs> someone yeah. someone corrected me and said the word you're looking for is discomfort. I was I like, that's that. a way better word. <laughs> Whoa, that was an easy fix. <laughs> so so much easier to say. <laughs> I, I was an English major at one point. Um, <laughs> we didn't cover discomfort versus uncomfortableness. <laughs> right. So so on that, um, I was going back to really early episodes to just kind of contrast maybe Ooh. who you were, who you are now. I listened to the first handful and something i think it was eli said after six holes our games have completely decayed 
And as just a, a theme that I gathered was your, your golf games and maybe your minds were really, really fragile or your golf mental game was really, really fragile. The word that just kept coming to me was, man, if just the tiniest little thing happens, you know, Eli mentions that, uh, a mic is one over on the, just the back nine, right? Like it's, um, it's just comes crumbling. Right. And I top a drive, (laughs) I think is what uh, specifically happened. (laughs) So do does the fragility, do you think that has changed over time or does it still feel like, oh no, if I'm playing well and someone mentions it, it's, it comes crashing. I hope so. I hope it's changed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it, I think we've gotten better. Eli, what would you say? Oh, it's definitely changed. I don't, I don't, there's no like stupid, you know, don't mention to the pitcher how well, yeah. you know, that he's got a perfect game going. I don't think there's any of that. I do think, uh, I do think, and, and, and I, I measure more, I don't measure so much in that area. I measure more. How well can we play when we don't have our best stuff? That to me is the gauge. And, you know, like I think the final major for Mike this year was a great example. You know, we got people there watching Mike and I just came off a heater you know, the round literally the day before. And then Mike gets on the range and he knows immediately, like the heater feel is not there. And, you know, he still put up a round that was probably in the 76, 77 range with a bunch of people watching and didn't have his best stuff. And I'm like that, like if that was six years ago, he and I would have had a heart attack on the range and it would have been, it would have been like, completely change the swing, you know, <laughs> like whatever, you know, let's pull out all the stops. Let's figure out something that works. And I think it was just like, no, I can still play good golf today. And maybe I'm not flushing the ball, you know, like I normally do, but, but with that being said, and, and I, I know I talked about this a little bit on the show last season, but I still struggle. I didn't think I struggled, but, but you know, I had a, I had a run for a couple weeks this last summer where you know, I would play the front nine at my club, which is the harder nine at one under even one over several times. And I'd get to the 10th hole and there was pressure and it wasn't for many. I wasn't even with anybody, but there was pressure. So I definitely, I don't think we mastered it for sure. Um, but I definitely think we've gained ground. Yeah. Something that Eli, you've mentioned, uh, I believe it was in the last episode or one of the last episodes, it might've been the one that I was, uh, that Mike had me on, uh, was you, you were, you got in a bunker and I mentioned this to you at the Velcron, uh, you got in a bunker and the flood of negative thoughts came in. Oh yeah. 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 Right. And you said, okay, I'm going to let myself think negatively for 10 seconds and that's okay. And then I'll step in and hit it. Right. So just that alone being able to say, I feel the pressure and okay, of course. Right. That's a huge change that you just wouldn't even have known to do six years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 it's so, it's funny. Like I can see it. I see it at least with me. I see it a couple different places, but, and I've talked about this a lot in the show, but you know, I see it through my kids' eyes a lot with a different sport and, you know, but, but, I think also too, like 
Dr. J, you know, we've talked to Dr. J a little bit about, you know, when you feel nerves, all that is, is an indication that what you're doing is important to you and it matters. And, you know, it's so funny, Mike, I don't even know if I told you this. I saw, you know, one of these Instagram reels a couple of weeks ago where I think Tiger was caddying for Charlie in an event and they were paired with another dad and his kid. It was a tournament. It was like a junior tournament. And, you know, this kid, they're stepping on the first tee and Tiger can tell this. It was just a like a cell phone, you know, somebody was videoing and he could tell this kid was pretty freaking nervous, you know, to be paired with them. And, you know, this is obviously I'm assuming this was a high level junior. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing with Charlie. But, um, you know, he's nervous and they catch Tiger lean over the kid and they go, hey, how you doing? And the kid goes, I'm nervous. And he goes, OK. He goes, hey, man. He said, all that means is what you're doing today is important to you. He goes, that's all it means. He said, it's important to you. He goes, and it should be. This is awesome. This is fun. Like you want to do well. He goes, but don't sweat it. All it means is it's important. And I was like, man, okay, there it is again. It's the same message. Like the nerves can't be a, they can't be a, a reason to bail out and back down. They're just an indication that you care. You give a crap about what you're doing. I'm not saying I'm fully there yet, but I'm, I'm, that that's the mindset that I think we all just need to embrace. Mike, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I cut you off. That's all right. I was just going to say that round that uh, the the freewheeling episode. Uh, I think we called it freewheeling, mm-hmm. but that was that round I played with you where I did not play well. But um, I mean, I remember I remember distinctly on the third hole at the Cardinal, and I was asking you about what what you do with negative thoughts, and just just the way that you phrased that for me was really helpful. Um, it's just like, yeah, well, because because I think I was like, well, you just wait until they go away. And you're like, but what if they don't go away? And I was like, oh, yeah, what if they don't go away? He was like, you just swing anyway. It's OK. You can make a swing with a negative thought. And it's like it's almost like then I was like, I was thinking about that. And then, Eli, I think we talked about I was like, how many times were you on the free throw line? And you were like, yeah. I'm going to miss this free throw. And you made it like, yeah. It's just a thought, like the 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 way that you the way that you phrase that and 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 kind of I think we had built up this we had given thoughts so much power over us. Yeah, and I think we started to take that power back last year a little bit. Um, but 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 you really helped me with that. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, because when you when you say negative thoughts are not allowed, you you it reads as it reads to yourself as. Uh, this, I'm not okay. Things are not okay. I need to make them better. So I doubled right. down and it just, it, it just adds thoughts on top of thoughts, right? Like you said, give them more power. And yeah. when you say they're allowed, right? It's okay. Like, come on in, have a seat, get comfortable, make yourself at home. <laughs> it's just like you, it totally diffuses the threat of them and they just, okay, they're there. We're human. It's, they're random. Right. And it's, yeah. It just makes it more uh, manageable. Yeah. But but I think the hard thing, and I was thinking about this with my kids, but like the hard thing is, is taking yourself seriously while the bad thoughts there. And, and what I mean by that is like, we've all been nervous. Like I can remember shooting technical free throws in the district tournament in high school. That's like the first memory that comes back my junior year. And, you know, you shoot a technical free throw. There's nobody on the line. Like you're the only one, you know, it's really uncomfortable. 
And I remember, I remember my junior year, we were in the district tournament and the coach said, Eli, shoot the technical. And we hadn't had a technical called in a game we were in all year. And I remember stepping to the line and all I wanted to do was get off the line. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And so like, mm-hmm. yeah, you shot the ball, but like my routine was a little rushed <laughs> and you know, like I shot it and just, I was like, just get me off the line. I don't think you get the payoff for the experience experience when you do that and it would have like it would have been better for me to just own it with confidence and airball the shot mm-hmm. than it would have been to shoot it and rush off because then I just don't know you know what I mean like you just don't know and if I go through, through the routine and I and I take myself seriously in you know in, in the vein of Kobe it's like I could learn something and I could learn okay uh, my free throw technique, I, I left it short or I missed it right or whatever. It's like, okay, I need to go and drill that enough to where I'm going to hit that. I'm going to, if I'm going to have a miss, it's going to be straight on. But I think in, in the golf world, like when I've had those nervous moments, I've rushed through the swing. I've rushed through the moment. I haven't went through my normal pre-shot routine. I haven't thought through it. I've taken a quick shot. I've just wanted to get in the cart and go to, you know, get out of that situation. And, you know, Mike, Mike said something last year about, you know, the, whatever you do, don't rush the swing. It's the funnest, the funnest thing we do is hit the golf ball. It's swing the club. And it yeah. was like, Why yeah, and I won't learn this? anything. Like I won't like sitting in a trap with a pressure shot. When you got a good round going, I won't learn anything about where my game is. If I don't step up and take myself seriously and, and think through the shot and hit. And if, if I don't learn anything, I can't go back and practice and improve. So the next time I'm in that situation, I can go, oh, I'm fine. I'll just, I can hit this out. I'll put it on the green and we'll move on. But yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, um, uh, when you're, when you're consumed with like fighting your own thinking, now you, you don't know, was it because I was fighting my own thinking that I hit a bad shot or was it my technique? Now, yeah. like the experiment is muddled or whatever, right? It's now, now I don't know what I need to work on. But if if I said, okay, my thinking is whatever it is, it's allowed, whatever, negative thoughts, pressure, discomfort, whatever. So I'm going to hit this shot. And then if it's bad, now you can say, okay, it wasn't my thinking, right? Honestly, how I think over a shot doesn't make a huge difference into uh, the the random thoughts that pop in doesn't make a huge difference in whether or not I hit a good one. You've shown yourself that. So now if you hit a bad one, it's, oh, it's because my bunker technique is off or because my swing is off or I need to work on my physical game. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's an awesome realization that you guys have had. Um, kudos. <laughs> we got to keep, we got to keep it going. Yeah. 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 We gotta, so we got to execute that mindset. Yeah. So, uh, how, um, how, public are you uh, gonna be or have you been about playing more tournaments being more competitive this year is it not announced it is it is announced we haven't gotten specific on got it exactly what that's going to look like so that that won't come out until the first episode right right so we so we do have some specifics that that will we'll, we'll probably hush hush Keep under the vest, yeah. Keep, keep right. under the vest, but but yeah, but no, but we're we, we've definitely said we're we are stepping into competitive golf uh, yeah. this year for sure. Yeah. So with that, I mean, 
let's play like a worst case scenario, best case scenario. What's <laughs> what's the like what's the worst case scenario for each of you for a year of actually playing? Com- not I don't like saying competitive golf because you guys have been playing competitive golf for six plus probably before you even doing the show. You compete in some way, but actual tournaments. And what's the worst case scenario for this year? Is this is this where we lean back in the couch? <laughs> yeah, come on, it's right back okay. here. It, it looks comfy with that masters masters. Uh, Is that nice? Yeah, cozy up masters with it. Blanket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the worst case scenario? And that's broad. That could be results wise or uh, dignity wise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would. I mean, my 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 tendency is always like, oh, well, the worst case scenario is you just finish dead last in every competition. But like, that's probably not the, we're trying to be less results, uh, results focused. So I would say the worst case scenario is we play, we, we can't get, we can't execute our, our routine in tournaments. Like we're trying to do like, cause if, 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 if we go into tournaments and any live already already talked about this a couple times about what's what's a good goal what's it like what's a good goal for the like the first tournament that we play in you know when you think about what we're trying to do we're trying to i mean we're trying to do all the cliches but like but 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 they're good cliches like stay in the moment execute the shot like eli said like not rush through not uh not eject so i i would honestly say if if we played however many tournaments we played in, if we did not play, if we didn't play a tournament and could say that we, if, if we couldn't say that we stayed in it, hmm. um, kind of like what, when, when we were playing that round and I was playing bad and you were like, all right, there's six holes left. What do you, what, what's your focus? And I was like, well, my tendency would be just to be like, well, I'm just gonna work on my swing now. Like if, if, if we, you know, if, if the worst happens and, we still stay with the shot. We still stay competitive. We still, whatever we can con- control, we still do the best. We, we still score the lowest we can possibly score. If that, like, to me, that's, that would be the worst that could happen if, if we don't do that. Yeah. Right. Is that, I feel like it could be, that could be said better. That could be, that was like, no, I get it. Yeah. Okay. That was like saying uncomfortableness instead of discomfort. It's got to be a better way, way to say that, but. Yeah, e- Eli, I, I, is yours as is yours as process oriented as Mike? No, not even close. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the worst thing that could happen is we get the shanks. Uh, <laughs> that is the worst case scenario. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. There's no other. There's no other way to say it. Like that's the worst case scenario. Now I don't, I don't buy that though. I don't buy that. I don't think I mean, there, that's, there's no there's no such thing as the shanks. There's I, a there's a shank, and then there's good, the next good shot. point. Yeah, because 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 you're good enough. You're no, you're good. You can't. I'm, you can't. I'm I realistically, I'm not worried about. Just to be honest, I'm not worried about that. But that is the worst case scenario. You're like you have a day where you, you just can't hit the can't ball. Like that is the worst. It. That's the worst case scenario. So it always will be. That doesn't happen. That's no. That, you're, <laughs> I, yeah, you're, you're, you're you're above that, Mike. That that's a really good point. There's no such thing as the shanks. It's not like uh, it's not like a disease that you've that's been inflicted upon you right it's it's your it's your response that's deflecting the blame and deflecting the responsibility right uh so but you're you're not even worried about that in the first place so no i'm not i'm not 
um i i'd love to say i'm as i, I now I, he is now i'm starting to think about it it sounds bad <laughs> that sounds don't treacherous put, don't you put that on me ricky bobby um <laughs> i'm starting like i wish honestly i wish and hearing mike verbalize that is helpful i think there's just this part of me i still it'll be hard for me to break from the outcome oriented piece because i'm just and i don't mean that mike isn't competitive like we're both ultra competitive but at the end of the day like i know me i'm going to want to put up a good score and i'm going to want to finish in a good place even if it's unrealistic and i think in my head my expectations are i i you know like you think about how you're wired competitively i'm always like it's funny i don't know if you guys like when you're doing stuff there's like, I hear some of the kids on my, uh, like my, my kids' buddies, they'll go into a game and they're playing against a really good team. And they're like, Oh, we're going to get killed this game. I've never thought that. Mm. Uh, I'm always like anybody can be beat on any given day period. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Now I, I, I do go in thinking the odds are pretty high that this isn't going to be the day. Like it's going to be really hard, but I, I'm always like, no, we could there's a way here where we could win this, you know, like we just, you know, we got to do, we got to do this and this right. But I I don't, I, part of me is afraid that that's probably not a good thing for competition year because I'll go into every one of them going, no, there's a way where something crazy could happen here. But, but we're the, I, I think we're the same way in that. I mean, I, I remember being on teams. I hated when people said that, like, yeah, it drives me when, crazy when people be like, Oh, yeah. we're going to get killed. I'm like, no, no, we're not like, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be tough, but there's a way. There's like, and, and there's I, always a way. But it always reminds me of like the off season in golf, because things seem so easy, and then like like every off season, I'm like, oh, you know what? It's just I. I mean, I can hit the ball straight. Like mm-hmm. I'm in the simulator. It's going straight. Like just keep it in play. We're gonna be fine. That's why every year we're like we're gonna have multiple under par rounds this year and we're so confident and then you get on the course and you're like oh man this is way harder than i thought and then it's like i think but i think it's the ability to be like not let that deflate you because it has in the past i mean i I can think of a round every year at the beginning of the year where i'm like oh man i'm not as good as i thought i was um yeah but but also it's like i mean because because there's there's a there's a tournament that i'm signed up for it's not that far away. Um, and I've had thoughts. Like, I, I dreamt about it last night. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I had a dream about the tournament. And uh, I was doing very well. I'll just I'll just say that. So, like, there's, there's that outcome there. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. What, what would you say to that? What would you say to that? Because that, there is that. It's because I feel like a part of that's healthy, right? A part of that's healthy. Like, I want yeah. to compete. I want to... I want to do my very best and I expect good things from my game. But then there's the other part that's like, but I'm not going to base my identity. I'm not going to base my worth on whatever that outcome is. I, it's important to me. I want it, but I'm not going to, I don't know. How would you, how would you say that? Josh? I would say it just like now that. Now that we're on the couch. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I mean, I absolutely, because you're um, the, the, I'm, nervous which means i care and versus the anxious which means i'm afraid of how it might go right i'm worried about the future 
the um, if you recognize your like you just kind of turn inward for a second. You say, "Okay, how do I feel? Uh, am I excited and uh, ready to get going, or am I worried about how it might go? Am I uh, anxious?" Right. I I think we I think most people can tell a difference between excited and afraid. So they at without tapping in, you probably they probably mostly feel the same, right? It's just like butterflies-ish feeling, right? Just kind of like um this future, this uncertain future that just feels um possibly scary, but just like what could happen. But if you say, okay, am I nervous or am I anxious? And you, and at that point you say, okay, I'm afraid. I'm worried how it might go. Okay. Why? Right. Oh, because I'm, uh, I'm worried what listeners will think, or I'm worried what blah, blah, blah. Like, um, you fill in that blank and then you say, okay, why? Right. And you just drill down. Why, 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 why all the way to the bottom. And you say, oh, I, whatever it is for any individual could be totally different. And that you probably be able to say, okay, clearly this is why I'm afraid of the future. Is that warranted in any way? Right? No, that's kind of silly. Like if I'm now that I'm actually analyzing it and drilling into it, that's silly. I don't, that's baseless, right? That's, uh, that's like not fair or whatever, or I'm telling myself some lie. I'm believing some lie that I've just popped in my head one day. Right. And it might be like childhood or high school, uh, basketball, like it could be drilled in from that long ago. So it would just be that check. And then, then you're able to release that and say, and just keep the, I care about how it will go and I'm going to compete and I'm going to try my hardest. And now I can kind of use the nerves to go through my process because nerves are almost like a superpower, right? It's like the reason why you can nuke a eight iron over a green because the adrenaline's pumping. It's like yeah. you're, you become too good, right? You become better <laughs> than you are currently, right? Yeah. You can smash a drive 20 extra yards that's the adrenaline going. It's like a good thing that if channeled properly can be really, really helpful. So yeah. Your, your comment, your comment about nerves though, I think is interesting. So if I ask the two of you in your experience, do nerves sharpen you or do they, do they weaken you? What is your, what is your response? I think they've, I think they've done both to me, but I, I would say honestly, I think they sharp. I've 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 done better under nerves than than uh, it's it's happened more times where I've played better than I've played worse. Yeah. What would you say? Nerves, Eli. I'm interested in your uh, response, but nerves. I I think um, if you are being sharpened, then it's nerves, and if you are not being sharpened, then it's anxiety. Or you're nervous and you just like golf is hard and you just didn't have your game. Right. So if you're, if you are playing better while uncomfortable, it's probably nerves. Right. So it's not like a, I'm going to make myself nervous so that I play good. It's not like that kind of like 
pressing the NOS button in a video game or the whatever <laughs> NBA 2K button to turn on on fire or whatever. Uh, it's not like that where you can Boom, just... Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Right. <laughs> but it's more of a, I care, so it makes me nervous, but I have a good relationship with this discomfort and it's not fear, so now it's going to help me. Or I'm just, my game's not here today, so I'm just off. Yeah. Well, I, I think the overwhelming experience I have is that nerves sharpen. And, but it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day because my parents, I don't know if it was like a voodoo, you know, like a Jedi mind trick, but my parents told me for years when I was younger, oh, we always felt good when you were really nervous because it meant you were going to be sharp and you would play better. That got to the point where I just believed that. And I hadn't really reflected on it. I just bought into it. It was like, so like, you know, when I got to be like a junior in high school, it was like, oh, I'm nervous about, about this game. That is a good thing. Mm -hmm. That me, you know, like they had just kind of convinced me that of the okay, truth, I'm, I'm going to play better. You know, I'm nervous. I'm gonna play better. And it was funny. I did this. I've done this with my kids. And the other day we were driving to a game and my oldest son said, how you feel? He goes, I'm nervous. And then he just cut me off and goes, but you know what? I'm better when I'm nervous. So he's like, it's, it's a good thing. And I was like, holy crap, we've reversed, we've re-engineered the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> and, but like pass through the generations. Yeah. But like, it's, it's just funny to me. All three of us have completely different athletic experiences, but all three of us have the response that ah, nerves actually sharpen us. So I don't understand why nerves, if you just step step away from that and you're like, well, why do nerves cause you to freak out? They should cause you to do what my kid does and what, you know, what I do, you know, what I do with my parents and it should cause you to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm actually going to be more dialed in on this, uh, on this swing or these, this round than I normally would be when I can get a little loose because I'm not checked in. Like I'm going to be dialed in here. Like this will be a good thing. Um, it just you would think the counter the counter to that would be you would be more at peace with the fact that you're going to be dialed in a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah, nerves dial, but they're also uncomfortable. And when yep. you don't want that, when you don't want to feel uncomfortable, it becomes it becomes a I don't want it. I want out. Right, the eject yep. as opposed to lean in. And the future is not exciting. It's uncertain, and I don't want it to be uncertain. I want to. I want it to go well, so now I'm afraid. And that turns your discomfort and nerves into anxiety, right? And then it's not, you're not sharp anymore. Now you're fighting yourself. And because the, because maybe like some of the question would be like, compare those positive nerve feelings to the feelings on the 10th hole when you're even par. Mm. Those aren't the same, are they? Things Eli? change. Yeah, like no, the, I don't the, think they're the, not because that, that's the difference. What Josh is saying between being nervous and being anxious. Yeah, and if you if you ask me, where do you experience nerves versus anxiety? Nerves to me, if, now that I'm thinking about this, because that's interesting. You put that that way, Mike. Nerves to me are probably more pre round. Anxiety is more in round. You know, the nerves are more. How's it going to go today? I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's have a good round. It's like, gonna be a show. Yeah, go, they gonna see it. Go, they gonna be safe. It's gonna be a shot. <laughs> but yeah, anxiety is probably mid round. So mm. yeah, 
that's that's a good uh distinction because as you're playing well you're you're like this needs to continue to go well i need to get this done i need to get this in the house i don't want to screw this up i don't want to blow it that's future fear right that's anxiety so what could you if we're on the couch and we're trying to prepare for this year what could you guys do because inevitably well you hope that you will be in that scenario several times this year it's going well maybe you're you've got some kind of live leaderboard and you know i'm in contention here i'm on hole 12 and things start to project in the future what can you guys do in that moment what i mean the first thing that comes to mind i think is acknowledge the fact the only reason you're nervous is because you're in a, like you're in the hunt. So I think there's a good, that's a good thing, but I think realistically long-term it's growth over outcomes. Like to me, it just has to come back to that. It's like, Hey, I may completely crap the bed here and fall apart from this moment on, or I may rise up and play at a level that I didn't think I was capable of, but either way, I'm going to learn something that I will be able to take back work on and grow and get better. So the next time I'm here, hopefully I've moved the ball forward a little bit, but I don't know. Like, that's what I was thinking. I like it. I, I was thinking about it. I, I did it a couple times uh, throughout the years, but, uh, and I would, I would take audio of it. Um, be like the last few holes I'd be even or one over. And I would just say, this is what you want. This is where you want to be. This is exactly what you wanted. When the day started, you wanted to be in this position. And just trying to remind myself, like this is this is this is why we were, this is why we're doing this. Um, now I didn't always handle it the best, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like that, but that is the truth. Like when when I'm when I when you start the day with those nervous hopes, like you're hoping that it's going to come down to se- like you're going to be on 17, and you're going to have you're going to have a chance to close out, you know, your best round ever, whatever it is. Um, but then it's just, I, I think there it's like, then it's, it's, it's tapping back into like what Eli says, like, well, the way I do that is I just focus on this. It, all I can control is this next shot. So I'm, so I'm, I, I go back to doing the same routine. I'm not gonna, cause the other thing is like, you know, like that, that whole, uh, under preparation to protect the ego, like that's big for me. Like. And I can think back to rounds where it's like, I'm just going to rush through this 17th hole and I didn't know it, but subconsciously that's like, you know what, if I fail, I can go back and say, well, well, you didn't really, you just, you just kind of went, you kind of rushed through it. You Mm -hmm. didn't, you didn't really give everything you could. And so that makes it okay. So getting rid of that crap, (laughs) Mm because that's what it is, is garbage Mm -hmm. is, is, and and saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to fully commit to every shot. And then whatever happens, it happens. And you can learn, like Eli said. That's that's right. That's the only way to really learn, right? But right. That's awesome. So, so then, best best case scenario, obviously. Well, you two might be different, but for Mike, it's I stuck to that. I leaned in when I was uncomfortable. I stayed to my routine, and Eli is he run the tables and won every event. And that I mean, table I, behind I him is full of trophies. I feel like that's the best case scenario for both of us is just to win. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah. I, I mean, I think the, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you would say when you go into a competition as, a, as a much better player, as a much better player with, <laughs> Not anymore. With, with, 
with with a with a resume that you got like but even at the peak of your peak mm-hmm. game what was your goal oh boy uh it was it was a it was a combo of it was honestly a this tournament is a test of my current ability when i have worked my absolute butt off in the two weeks leading up to this event, let alone the 15 years leading up to this event. So this, this is small in the grand scheme of the growth. I'm trying the long-term improvement that I actually care about. This is just a test. And if it goes great, awesome. That means that I'm making some progress. If it doesn't, that's data for me to continue to improve it. When I was at my absolute best, uh, acceptance mentality. It was, this is simply a test, right? I've studied, I've prepared for this. So now let's just go see. And that allowed me to, you know, when I'm in contention, I'm playing well, it's a difficult tight tee shot. I could genuinely say authentically, I don't care where this goes. This, I could snap hook this out of bounds and that would be disappointing. That would, um, it would hurt my score. But at the end of the day, it would be fine. I will be okay because I'm going to get right back, back to work on it after, right? I'm not stopping. Yeah. I'm not hanging up, hanging it up just because of this. So that allowed me to genuinely accept any outcome was that this is a test mentality. I like that. Yeah. That, but that, but, I, I think that's the best. That is the the place we've got to get to. Um, not that you can't have other thoughts in there, but that has to be the the overriding thought. Uh, that you're just going to well, learn something. And I, and I feel like the other thing that's different, like growing up playing team sports, and there's a you, there's a defense element. Half the game in basketball is defense, mm-hmm. so I can control what other people are doing to some degree. Mm-hmm. Where in golf, I have no control. Like. Mm-hmm. I could play, I could play you, Eli, and you could shoot, you could make like that day you made all those 40 footers on me. And I like, but I let that bother me so much. And it's like, I'm not playing defense. I'm not, <laughs> it's not because I'm not guarding you. Yeah. Well enough that, 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 that you're playing well. So I, I feel like maybe that's, I don't know, Josh, is it? It feels like golf's different in that because even other individual sports like tennis, I'm playing somebody. I can adjust what I'm doing to what they're doing. In this comp, in this competition, it's still all about me, like mm. but, me, but, me versus the course. But that's a question that I have, Josh, for you. Like, okay, so when you were competing, I think it's different. We would all acknowledge it's different if you're in a match play event. It's you and you. You are playing the other guy. You know, you're you're not playing the course. Debatable. Yeah, to yeah. some degree, to some I degree, can't, I can't but, but my it. point, my point is though, your decisions, how you're playing in that situation does impact the decisions that I make in a match play event, because I may have to hit a shot. I normally wouldn't hit if it's stroke play to say, oh crap, you're in this spot, you know, or you just went on a run here. You've won two holes. Like, okay. Like I've, I may have to make some decisions here that are not stroke play decisions. They're decisions to help me get back, you know, back in this hole or whatever. But in a stroke play event, Josh, did you most mostly feel like you were playing yourself or the course? It was just like, it was you against the course and whatever you put up that day, you put up. And if it was good enough to win, it was good enough to win. Or or were you like, 
were you scoreboard watching going, oh crap, okay, I need to get a birdie on this par five? Like, no. what did you, how did you approach that? <laughs> it, it was, it was honestly, it would, it would, it maps really, really closely to, you know, 40 kids are taking a test in a, in a classroom. You're not, competing against them with your grade i guess there's like the curve or whatever and whatever but uh you're not competing against other people you're taking this test by yourself testing your own knowledge so if if there was which would be wild if there was a leaderboard a a running leaderboard of a test that you know you could stare at it and say okay i really need to get this next question right (laughs) that doesn't change how you're going to do the next it could it could make you more constricted on the next question, but it's not probably not going to magically bring more things to mind. So in the same way on a golf round, I need to birdie this, the 17th hole. That's probably going to constrict you and make you feel like you got to be more perfect rather than, uh, actually let you access your ability. And I would say match play is the same. It's just 18 of those individual rounds separate. Right, it's kind of eighteen rounds of golf in one uh, to me, because but my kind of claim to fame is way too strong. But I I made it to the finals of the U.S. Mid Am, which was like round of sixty four, thirty two, sixteen, eight for the finals. So I played a bunch of match play in that, and the entire time I was okay. If this, if I win this hole, that's because I played this hole better than that guy. And there, there, to your point, there probably was like a, okay, he snap hooked it out of bounds. I don't need to hit driver here, but honestly I was kind of masochistic or something because I, I was like, I'm hitting driver anyway, because I want to see if I can hit driver feeling Mm. like this. Like I would, I remember doing that at times Mm -hmm. and that was probably, uh, irresponsible, but (laughs) I, I, I took the, this is a test to, uh, to an extreme. And I think it helped me. It helped me get the most out of my skill, uh, where I probably didn't have as much skill as most other players at the time. So the, um, the, the match play I think is the same because if you're making decisions completely based on not completely, but even like some based on the other person, you're you might be constricting yourself more, especially if it's the, he's close. So I need to get closer or something. That's probably more constricting. So that's what Nickel, uh, Jason Nickel, my coach was telling me last, told me last year, he's like, you guys make match play way more complicated than he's like, there are only a handful of shots, maybe two shots around that you change because of match play. Um, He's like, he's like, it's it's still you versus the course. It's mm-hmm. it's it's still you're doing the best on that hole that you can possibly do. And most of the time, unless like unless someone's out of bounds or or you're gonna you're gonna just play safer because of something. But he was he was like, it's it's like two shots around that mm-hmm. that might be adjusted, uh, which was interesting to hear. Yeah, that's right. Eli, does that does that completely wreck your whole perspective on everything? No, 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 not at all. I think it, I think it's just curious. I'm just curious. Cause it's, again, it's all relative to your, whatever your, uh, competition experience is, you know, in basketball, yeah. you're not playing 
you're not playing the game. The hoop. You're not playing the hoop. It's 100% based on your competition. And a great game, one game maybe, you know, you scored 30. A great game, the next game maybe you scored six. Hmm. Um, and it was a low scoring game and it was a grind. And, you know, but you're, the point is you're reacting to your competition 100% every single, right. every single second of a basketball game, you are reacting to your competition. So that's the, and that's, that's a part I think mentally I've just kind of struggled with a little bit in thinking through competition. It's like, I'm, I'm so wired to react to what is going on with the other competitors in the, in the game or the match or whatever, it's it's still odd to me to step onto a course and go, there's however many, you know, other competitors in this thing, they are completely irrelevant to what I'm doing. You know, and like the the person or persons in my group, they're just playing partners today. It's like, yeah, but they're they're also people I want to drill into the ground. Right. But like I'm not I'm not supposed to be paying attention to them. <laughs> It's, it's just so counter, like I said, it's, it's so counter to my competitive experience. It's like, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just odd. Yeah. You're, you're, you wired your, you've wired yourself to be that way. And it's probably, I mean, it's got a lot of strengths to it to, to make you into a competitive person. Uh, but yeah, it's just a different mental skill set than golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a harder one. Like it's, it's much easier to react to what, I think a competitor's doing and to react to a course or just honestly to yourself. And that's mostly what you're doing is reacting to yourself, which is so much harder <laughs> than dealing with a competitor. A competitor is such a more um it's such a more defined line. You know what I mean? It's like they did that, I did this, I won. Right. You know, on this possession, I won. It's easy. It's easy to tell who won, but it's so much, I think it's so much harder to compete against yourself. Um, cause you know what you're capable of. And I think you bring that, you bring that potential to every single swing. Mm -hmm. And then in your head, you know, that wasn't my potential. Even mm -hmm. if I hit a great, I could hit a good shot. It's like, that wasn't my potential. Um, instead of just going, well, I beat that guy. It's like, well, did you do it perfectly? It's like, no, I didn't have to. I just did it better than him. Right. And so that was good. Yeah. Um, I think that's the rub. That, that's the hard part for me. It's like that. It, it's so much harder to not have somebody that you're competing against directly. Mm, man, yeah, that's that is hard. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with all that. Good luck with all that. Scare <laughs> <just> me straight. <laughs> okay, so let's ask a. I, I I wanted to dedicate a lot of time to listener questions, but we don't have a lot of time. So I, I liked one. I'm going to pick one out of uh, maybe a second one, depending. But uh, okay. if you started the scratch challenge over again, uh, what aspect of the game are you working on first? The mental side or the physical and why? If physical, then at what point do you start working on mental? Surely not waiting until season five again. That was, that's their <laughs> words, <laughs> not mine. <clears throat> yeah. What would you start with if you could start over? I'd start with both, but I'd give them at least equal weight. Uh, I mean, we 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 gave we we gave physical like ninety eight percent of the weight for three years. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I would I would I would say I mean they, they they both needed to happen, but but the mental and I mean really it wasn't even until even to last year where it was kind of like, man. 
it's our biggest problem. Like for me, like for me, mental, me, the mental game was our biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the biggest lagging thing is, is, is mental. So yeah, I'd start from the get go. Yeah. I think I got the exact same answer. I was just thinking about the weightings, but I'm like, no, <laughs> if I was going to do this right like out of the gate, it would be 50, 50. Yeah. Yeah. And the weird thing is like, what does, what does that even kind of really look like? It's not like 50% of my time I'm going to sit down and think about the mental game and 50 right. it's more of a how much do i prioritize and maybe it's like during the round i'm not thinking about physical at all whereas used to i would and only and then at between rounds i'm only thinking about physical where uh which is the same either way so yeah that's a difficult one but increasing the amount you care and prioritize mental yeah, but I, I think the mental is so important early on. I mean, it's important through all the stages, obviously, but I think where it plays its biggest role early on is just like Mike and I, obviously we documented this, but there's a certain degree of your game that's going to get so much better so quickly just with more reps. Like anything you do, like Mike and I became better players one month in because we were just actually hitting more golf balls intentionally. Right. Uh, it didn't mean we were great players. It just meant, you know, we were doing this more often, but I think having those reps early on mentally just preps you to say, Hey, you're going to hit so many brick walls. Just, it doesn't have to break you in half. It's just part of the process. And, you know, it just means you're getting better. You know, when you hit a brick wall, it means you've ran into, you're actually, you've now hit the point where you found something that you're not good at, you were ne- you never pushed through to that point to hit that wall before. Like you never gave it enough time. But I, I think that to me is where it's just so, it's so important early on. Hmm. Amen. Preaching. Okay. So uh, one more, and there's no way you guys haven't talked about this, but uh, I'm going to honor this person's question. I'm assuming they've listened to every episode multiple times. Shark polar bear. Sure. We've talked about that a lot. <laughs> well, it is related to that, but it has a spin on it. Um, there's no way you haven't talked about this. I can offer you scratch today under the condition that you must change your alliance to team bear or team shark. Can you mentally live with this decision or would your internal conflict ultimately crush your spirit? No shot. No shot. I'm even considering that. Okay. Bear for life. Team bear, bear force, but also it's just not attractive to me. Uh, Like we, 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 we've talked about this before. We, We talked about this before. Like, the and I think that that's changed. Like I think in season one or two, if someone said like, "I can magically make you scratch today," I'd be like, like "Yes, I want it." Mm. But now it's like, no, I want to, I want to, I want to work, I want to work to get that because I think we've we've learned enough that it's not it's it's it is about the journey. Like and so I I, I don't want I don't want to be given anything, and I'm definitely never changing over to Team Shark. That's that's awful. Yeah, I'm not changing at all. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my heels are dug in. There's no way I'm moving. Now, if you're going to give me the magic pill, I mean, I'll take it in a lot of other areas, physically, eating wise. Uh, there's like <laughs> 8,000 different areas. I'll take the magic pill and won't blink twice uh, where I don't care about the journey. I just want improvement. Or uh, you just want to like the taste of water. I just would like to like something green. Portable uh, sauna uh, early on. Portable <laughs> That was a magic pill you're trying to use. <laughs> yeah. 
there's lots of, I mean, there's lots of areas we could drop magic pills in, uh, but I'm definitely not taking it on scratch. I'm with Mike. Uh, it's not worth it to it. me. Not worth it to me if I don't get it the hard way. So, mm, I love it. Okay. Well, thank you guys. This was, uh, this was amazing. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having us on, man. This was thanks fun. Thanks for having us, man. All right, everyone. Hope you learned a thing or two from this conversation with Mike and Eli. I just really love those guys. Uh, you know, I, I could just talk to them about whatever forever. Uh, but getting to talk to them about golf, uh, is just, is just awesome. They're, what sticks out to me is, you know, their humble pursuit of a really, really difficult goal. So it's no wonder that so many golfers have been following along and been inspired to pursue their own big golf goals. There's actually several of my personal clients that I work with one-on-one that outright say that they're trying to do the same thing as the Chasing Scratch guys. So uh, that's pretty cool. So I hope you were able to glean some good psychology from this episode. It was an honor to have them on the Mental Golf Show. So thank you, Mike and Eli. And as I always mention at the end of these episodes, what you've heard isn't therapy. It's meant for information and entertainment purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to go talk to a licensed professional. And if you have any questions or comments about these topics uh, that I have with uh, guests or uh, on my Golf Thought Thursday episodes, uh, or you'd like to know more about working with me one-on-one on your own golf psychology, feel free to send me an email to josh at joshnicholsgolf.com, or you could head to my website, joshnicholsgolf.com, or you could find me on Twitter slash X and Instagram at Josh Luke Nichols. I'd also like to point you to the mental game assessment. It's a free 15 minute questionnaire uh, that will show you your mental strengths and areas for improvement. It's the same exact resource that I use with my clients, with my uh, golf psychology clients. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, really awesome resource and it's free. So if you're interested in the mental game assessment or anything else that I've mentioned throughout the episode, uh, how to get your divot board at 10% off, the links will be in the show notes uh, below, the, uh, below this episode. All right. Thanks again for listening to The Mental Golf Show. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, I really appreciate the community that you have been a part of building. If you've learned something on this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You could leave us a review of up to five stars if you feel that we've earned it. And most of all, thank you for your interest in the mental game. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.